Maybe we could lead in uh, talking about the very cute 100,000 subscriber YouTube button video that was just posted. Yes, featuring Bala speaking English. <laughs> well, my favorite part was that they clearly were like looking at him like, English, huh? <laughs> For passing 100,000 subscribers. I mean, if he is going to study in the United States, I know, I don't know if we're going to get into that, but oh, we can. I think they have been stuck. I mean, they published their one of the early space episodes, the first space episode they released after they went independent. There was first or second. There was a little excerpt from a Zoom call with an English tutor. So and I've definitely heard. Bala speaking English in Instagram stories before. And then there's emoji. So English study has been on some of their minds. I don't know how much time they've actually had to devote to it. Yeah, I mean, it it would be interesting if part of what's coming is to get like this better grasp of English. And because, I mean, let's be real, even in 2023, you really do need a little bit of English to reach kind of the broader if you want to break out of like these more regional markets, English will help you go global. So one of my big unanswered questions about this album is in 2020, 2020? Yes, 2020. They gave an interview to an English language Korean newspaper. And when they did that, they they were talking about their next single was going to be a song called Gap. And it was specifically going to be an English an English to, to Kazakh pun. This was this was laid out like this was going to be part of their strategy towards world domination. And at the time, what was remarkable about that was that a month later, AZ left, and nothing more was said of Gap. By the time they came out with a new single, it was Senorita, which was Kazakh Spanish punning. <laughs> so they just kind of. <laughs> detoured the puns but when they said the next album is going to be called gap i kind of naturally assumed i can't say we because i'm not sure i'm not in contact with another fans enough to see how widespread this assumption was i kind of assumed what well, the song gap is going to be on the album Gap, <laughs> and therefore it made sense to think that some of that theme of Kazakh English punning, which is already done once before. Every song on the uh, Dopamine EP, the title is rendered in English, but they're not actually speaking English in the, in the song. Like when all, the song All I Need, they're not saying All I Need. They're speaking in Kazakh. So the assumption was that this was going to be a song, a especially when Emoji was one of the pre-releases, it's like, okay, there's going to be a lot of English on this album. They're going to try and internationalize in that way. Maybe you're not mine. You lost me barely fuck my mind. Not from me. 
and there's almost none. There's like one song. I think there's one song where they pulled the 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 lyrics are in Kazakh, but the title is in English. Trick, and that was um, blue. So yeah, I'm really not sure what happened there. Like, and then they did some promos in June, some little teaser track teaser videos full of symbolism and at the very end in the last teaser they play a snippet of music and that music isn't on the album either (laughs) so i have a lot of unanswered questions about this album the album and the rollout and what was supposed to happen versus what actually did happen versus what's going to happen so we have a lot to talk about Oh yeah, yeah, we definitely do. Um, well, did did you have a song that you want to play us in on? Maybe Senorita. Yeah, actually, I would play. I would play Symbiom actually because that's another set of questions I have. <laughs> Symbiome between there was like a a flurry of activity that was called album pre-promo in December and then Symbiome I think was supposed to come out in January but the music video wasn't ready and it's a very ambitious music video I don't have you seen it oh yeah that's the one that's all done in like stop motion yeah stop motion animation and it's it's very elaborate and it's probably I don't want to say unprecedented, but it's, it seems like it would probably be pretty rare in Kazakh language pop for someone to go to that length uh, to commission a music video. And given the trouble they had rolling it out, like they, I think they announced that they were going to release Symbiome like a month before they did. And then they released the audio a month before the video came out. So I think if you watch the behind the scenes, they released a behind the scenes compilation on their channel. And you can see the poor guy who is the lead animator. He was just working his butt off for months. And I think he kind of blew past a couple deadlines. But I think Symbiom was supposed to be this very ambitious statement. I think it was supposed to be, you know, something like Moose in that it's their asserting desire to be themselves but also find a community find a connection um there's a lot of those elements in symbiome as well and it's it it feels like a very anthemic song when you hear it it's got this chorus and it's got you know almost this chanting in the background and 
it seems to have fallen off the radar. I'm not sure they performed it at the last two concerts. So... Yeah, I was looking at... Um, there are some fan cams of... It looks like a Korean fan. Have you seen these? Of some of the recent concerts. I was mostly following on Instagram stories. I've, I follow a couple fan sites on Instagram. And they were replaying clips that people were sending into them. So I think I, I got the entire track list for the Almaty concert. Which was like 20 something songs they 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 went through a lot of their discography at that concert they went they performed the entire gap album i'm pretty sure (sighs) would have been nice to uh yeah no right (laughs) to be there all right but i don't think they did some i don't i don't think they did any of the songs they released between uh, between bata and the album which was surprising to me but I wonder how much of like how much of a budget that uh, video took to, because claymation is not cheap. Claymation, yeah, that that would have been a lot. I think Bummel's cost disease applies because it would have been a lot of person hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of my questions, again, I don't know how much you want to get into this, but the the to bring listeners up to date about. A month ago. Oh, well, maybe we should break for an intro really quick. Oh, we so, should break for an intro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't so, know. Yeah. Yeah, so. I don't know how many people are coming in. I, I, I kind of feel sorry for the people who are coming into this cold. Like, we're going to dump hours worth of lore on you right now. <laughs> so welcome to the Idol cast. Welcome to my podcast. I am here today with um, my guest from episode. Do you remember what episode it was? make it up i think 51 I'll it check. 50 it was uh 53 53 well you've yeah. been busy you've been tvxqing and oh my god it's doing been... all sorts of good stuff yeah it's it's been a year um yeah so uh jessica from episode 53 and i will Hello. link all of her things uh, and we're talking about 91 uh the kazakh q-pop band the uh, best boy band you're not listening to. The, That's my new tagline for them. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, they, yeah, they're from Kazakhstan. They originally had five members. We're down to four. Sort of a classic uh, K-pop thing, I guess, at this point. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I have, um, I don't know if we want to give like a little history just like the TLDR of 91. All right, this is my new challenge. Okay. The TLDR in in two minutes. Okay, so, (laughs) yes, my elevator pitch. So, 91 are credited as the progenitors of what's called Q-pop, which is, for the Q, depending on how you romanize the Kazakh language, the first K of Kazakhstan is actually better rendered as a Q. Hence, Q-pop. So Q-pop was explicitly designed to quote from, borrow from Korean idol pop. So 91 was originally formed in this model that will be very familiar to listeners who follow Korean idol pop. They were assembled partly through a competition show. They had five members, three singers, two rappers, um, 
one of their early songs sounds a, basically lifts the hook from Fantastic Baby. Like they were, they do come off early on as a Kazakh version of Big Bang. And as they have gone on, because they debuted in 2015, so they have been at this for eight years now, they, one, have broken with, amicably split with their original management. So they are now fully self-managed and self-produced. They've been sole writers of their own stuff for a long time. Uh, But they've also been more ambitious in a way than the typical idol band in terms of the topics they want to tackle and the range of themes they touch on in their songs. They're very musically Catholic, which honestly is another feature of idol pop. I feel like there's not a lot of, it's less common for groups in idol pops to stick to one particular musical lane, lane. But also they've had, they have, you know, standard love songs and pretty songs, but they also have had songs that touch on politics and songs that touch on the fact that when they debuted and in fact, all the way up till now, they got a lot of criticism uh, for acting in a way that some parts of some commentators in Kazakhstan considered unmasculine. (laughs) We'll put it, leave it at that. So I've been following them for almost seven years now, my God. And (laughs) because they're interesting and because the other thing they do that's more ambitious, that is not typical for idol pop, is that they talk a lot about Kazakhstan and representing Kazakhstan and the Kazakh language. So they are poppy enough to be recognizable and they make good music, as hopefully y'all will hear, but they also try to do more with that music than I think the average idol pop audience is used to. That's a that's a pretty good uh, TLDR. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I... Also, I, they're all dorks. They're all, <laughs> they're all adorkable. That is, you know, you can go back to listen to the first podcast about that. But yes, we went to great <laughs> detail about the adorkable. We will spare you all that this time mostly. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't resist a dorkable. You really can't. <laughs> um, yeah, I I was really I remember them kind of poking into sort of global the, the K-pop coverage uh, way back in the day, but um, yeah, I was really introduced to them via you and immediately became very uh, very taken with them. Um, I've watched a ton of content since we talked in I guess it was January. Now it's September. So, um, yeah, I watched a lot of content. Uh, I've listened to a lot of their stuff, um, mainly, mainly the more recent stuff, I'm not going to lie. And what I find interesting about them musically is the way that they use their, like, the four vocals. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy, I, I'm a person who likes a good voice, not in, like, a, uh, you know, I'm I'm not like a YouTube vocal analysis person, you know, who's going to be picking up our voice. I like an interesting voice. I like a good voice. I like an emotive voice. And I think that, um, you know, they have very four distinct vocals, which I appreciate that. And they mesh well together.
Um, and the other thing I really like about 91, especially I guess in their post-independence era, is they really pull from, like you said, it's a very um, mixed mixed bag of genres, but in, a, in an interesting way because you know, I, I did, I have like half a draft of the history of K-pop written, <laughs> which maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll finish that at some point. But, you know, the more I kind of looked into Kazakhstan and it, it's just a very interesting country and it's, a, Almaty especially is just such a melting pot. And so you do have these various influences coming in, um, you know, a bit of, the European Eurobeat dance music, you have uh, Hindi film songs, you have, of course, like the Russian pop, you have like this Turkic, um, like the Central Asian Turkic stuff, uh, you have um, like the folk, the folk music that would have been coming down from like Mongolia, and um, also the, the Korean K-pop. I mean, that kind of stuff, uh, you know, Almaty's home to, I think, the largest diaspora Korean population, or one of them anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, and all of these influences kind of combine to form some very interesting, I think, very interesting songs. And and I've listened to a little bit of kind of what's popular today uh, in Kazakhstan and you know they're not it's not like 91 are pulling from outside of like the uh like the palette of sounds but I think their musicality and I mean who's that guy um oh what's his name he's really popular right now uh California 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 Is there is there something to get into? Well, maybe we'll we'll oh, we'll see how okay. this goes. Okay. He was I will say he was he's sort of ex Q pop. So 2015 to approximately the pandemic. Once 91 starts like gaining popularity, a bunch of other Q pop groups sh- start springing up. Uh, most of which are now defunct. Uh, one of them was called Def- Divine, and he was in that originally. And now he's a solo artist. Yeah, he's kind of interesting. And it it's 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 the same palette of sounds that like a ninety-one song might have. And some of the visuals too are kind of mm-hmm. you know, that he has dancing and stuff, but it's um it's just a very different vibe, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um yeah, I mean he's uh touring the US, so 
you're in uh, New York, Chicago, or LA, you can go see California. Hang out with your local uh, Kazakh population. I have had, uh, uh, following them for so long, I've been wondering, I think we talked about this last time too, like where, how they were going to approach the English language market. Because it did seem like that was part of their agenda for a while. Um, right before the split with management, they were talking about maybe going to the United States and then backed away from that once they became independent. I don't know how their their ideas on that have changed. It does seem to me like there is more, you mentioned California being able to tour. Um, it does seem to me that there are more opportunities to get over here than there used to be. There's also... Um, Samo, who I think I think she's a hip hop artist. Um, she's touring, and uh, she's not. I don't. I don't think she's she's flying on a lot of international radars. But she has U.S. dates booked, I believe. And Irina Kairatovna, who are a big hip hop act, they are coming to. They're they did. They're doing a world tour. And when I say world it's like really close to actually meaning it they're playing several dates in europe they're playing tel aviv they're playing and they're playing new york chicago and i think they originally said toronto that date may no longer be on their calendar but i don't know if like there are savvier promoters now tapped into the kazakh scene that there's better links between kazakh artists and the American concert venue industry, but yeah, well, I think for an act like 91, um, and, and I would be really curious about what California is going to be doing. And I, if I, ugh, if I, my life wasn't, uh, <laughs> currently in a million boxes, um, I would love to go up to New York to his show because I'm very curious what, what he's going to do. Um, you know, I, I kind of think that like if you can sort of pare down your act or I think it would be hard for an act like 91 to do their idol pop act in an American context because the I think the cost would just be too high if they wanted to do so I saw Perfume um do you know Perfume the Japanese mm -hmm. yeah Japanese oh, yes. dance pop group yeah um so I saw Perfume in New York at just like a club date and it was just the three of them on stage um with you know pre-recorded music and it was fantastic. Um and I'm guessing that is what California will be doing and if if 91 could retool their act to just be them singing uh, or rapping, you know, uh on stage in like a nightclub setting, I think I think they could do, um, yeah, like the New York, Chicago, LA, um, that kind of um, hitting like the Russian language markets, which I'm sure there's some overlap with the uh, former Soviet, you know, Kazakh language um, markets as well, or maybe there, maybe there's different cities they could go to. But if they could do that, I think they could probably. Uh, hook into to some some kind of audience here 
um, I mean, if California can do it, like, yeah, you know, we'll anyone can do it too. One, we'll see if California can do it. Two, they have done stripped down versions of their shows. Um, for example, when they perform at Rixos Waterworld, which is a, a big old hotel complex entertainment center thing in Octal. On the co- uh, in Western Kazakhstan on the coast of the Caspian Sea. When they perform there, it's just the four of them. The stage is not big enough for their dancers and such. And I believe they're scheduled to perform there again in December. And if you go back and you look at their past shows there, it is, it's just the four of them. Uh, and they also have done, obviously when they did during the pandemic, they did they did one. They did a couple of performances that was literally just them sitting around singing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed um, the what is it? OU Live. The OU Live, which is yes. one of the rare to get a full band. Yeah, oh, it was great. <laughs> I still, uh, uh, yeah. The Oyu live version of Oinamakoi is much better than the original. Oh, the original it's so good. But the other thing I think they're going to have trouble with, and this is more generally, but I think it would be amplified if they came to the U.S., is that so they started out as this K-pop inspired group. They still have a lot of their K-pop inspired affectations, yeah. symbols. I don't, yeah. you know, they're still dyeing their hair. Sign- I think. Signifiers. Signifiers, yeah, 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 yeah. But if they came, they if they came to the U.S., like you said, it would be hard to put on the kind of sh- the the kind of big show for all but the very very biggest groups. You're going to have like those kind of stripped down shows. But the problem is, they're good for an idol audience, but they're not. And I think that's part of the problem they're having right now domestically. Yeah, I, I yeah. I think it is interesting just hearing you talk about, because um, I mean, I don't follow the ins and outs of 91 um, as nearly as closely as you. I really, I, I'm just here for, I like the music <laughs> and I like them. I think they're wonderful, but I can, I definitely can understand where the problems come from because, um, and I, I think we talked about this last time too, where you don't necessarily have the infrastructure for 
um, that kind. You don't have the K-pop infrastructure, which right. I mean, even then the K-pop infrastructure is not doing all that great right now. Um, and so unless 91 are going to be set to join Weverse and sell parasocial interactions on on a, a app, it's I can understand why they may be struggling, even though they are popular, even though they do have fans. Uh, it, the question of where the income is coming, right. I, yeah, I definitely get it. And I mean, I, I think it's facing a lot of acts right now. So yeah, I mean, is a, a global tour the answer? Um, I mean, maybe, maybe, but you know, again, two of the members are married. Uh, their wives may not be <laughs> so happy with um, sending sending them off like around the world for a year. I, um, I don't think they. Well, okay. First of all, just to yeah, the no no, no like you have a point. However. So Alem is married to Veronica, who was on Joe's entertainment staff when they were under Joe's and now is basically on staff with the 91 company. I don't know if it has a formal name. So and then Zadra, who's Zach's wife, is their makeup artist. Oh, okay. so well, perfect. They would be coming along. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so the, wa- the wives, <laughs> the wives don't have an issue. each other on the tour. <laughs> But yeah, no, okay. Veronica and Sandra would not get left behind. Okay. More power to them. Yeah, well, good for them. But yeah, so I yeah. mean, but again, that also, um, that initial, um, I mean, there is going to be initial cost outlays and like mm-hmm. they're independent. Do they have that money? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so there are, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of issues here for sure that they maybe, you know, they, they need to, to figure out before they can take the next step to set some context for our listeners so the album we're talking about today is their second full album they hadn't done a full album since 2017 they had just been doing eps they had been talking about this album for a year and a half before it was released they basically started talking about the second album as soon as they went independent which was february of 2022 and Originally, it was going to be released in December, and then they pushed it to March, and then they came on and said, hey, guys, we didn't realize that March was going to be really busy because Ramadan and Nauru's, which is the Persian New Year, which is celebrated in Kazakhstan, was also in March, and I'm like, how did you not realize this, guys? <laughs> but And so then they pushed it to June, and then in June, they said, no, definitely July, and it came out in July. So there were there was a number of delays, but there was a lot of hype. And they, I think, really, really, really wanted this album to be an event because it was their second full album and their first full album as an independent group. And they had been working on it so long and they had done the pre-releases. I mean, we'll never know, I guess, whether they, they released a series of singles between July of 2022 and basically January of 2023, ending with Symbiom. And... I theorized at the time that these were songs that they cut from the album, and we just don't know. Uh, but all, they were clearly they're all fantastic, though. Like, yeah, I, I had listened, I had collected all of those into like a little mini playlist, and mm-hmm. I would just listen to that. They're really good. So, I think they were really expecting this album to do very well, and apparently, it did not. We do not have access to good numbers 
partly because in the streaming era, nobody has access to good numbers. But even above and beyond, nobody has access to good numbers generally. Uh, two of the services they would use, streaming platforms, would be uh, VK and Yandex, which are both Russian-based. And actually, I'm not sure that these are still being used in Kazakhstan because a lot has gone topsy-turvy since Russia invaded Ukraine. This was true when their first album came out. Um, and I've never seen where you get numbers for those. Um, I can tell you that TikTok released a little press release. They did their songs of the summer in different countries. So a couple of the Kazakhstan fluffier news outlets reported on what were the songs of the summer in Kazakhstan, in Kazakhstan on TikTok. And California was on that list. Ooh, which one? Puerto Rico, Uh, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a good song. It's catchy. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty. Yeah, go get, uh, go get your tickets to California. <laughs> Sheena by Irina Kairatovna, whom I have grown to love. They're great. That was on the list. Uh, a couple others a couple other songs were on the list not all of them were from kazakhstan 91 was not on the list which was a bad sign <laughs> yeah well you know the 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 problem um the problem with this album is that there are how do i want to put this i really really liked this album like 10 out of 10 for me loved it but it it is a more adult uh i I don't mean adult contemporary like in a um in a negative like milk toast way but it's Mm -hmm. a more grown-up album and it's one you can sit and listen to there's no there's no banger on here there's not one banger there's not one um there's no tiktok dance song basically there's nothing that's gonna go viral oh they tried <laughs> the, yeah i mean they definitely um promotion wise they certainly tried but like all of these songs are great like i have no problem with any one of these songs i liked them all a lot and i recommend everyone listen to them but they're not made for the tiktok era these are songs you sit and listen to or in your car um or you know on your headphones while you're cooking um they're 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 just not tiktok songs like there's Mm -hmm. nothing like california like puerto rico like that's super duper catchy um even a song like senorita like (laughs) like would have been would have been uh way more catchy and like dancey and let's do like a tiktok thing to this but yeah not nothing on this album um it's like mimi like that Uh, 
And that's the other thing about going back to the question of what do you do with them in a place like the States? Like, they're idol pop, but they're not teenagers. Like, yeah. and they're making teenage 30. music. <laughs> yeah. And they and, don't make teenage music. No, yeah. Mm-mm. So they can't. I think part of what's happened in Kazakhstan is that the audience that was with them in 2015, 2016, 2017, that group has aged out. You know, that group was like, oh, I liked 91 when I was 14, 15, 16. I've moved on. Um, and the younger generation, they're not making the same kind of music. They're not making the music they made in 2016, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. But it means that they don't like their music has changed. Their image has not changed as much. And so I feel like they've kind of fallen into this hole where um, the audience, they've grown, but their audience doesn't give them credit for growing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. No, that's, that's, that's it. Um, Where they have outgrown the teeny bopper teenage image, um, the Q-pop or boy band image, um, you know, rightly or wrongly, that they had been working in, um, into a more adult, um, they're an adult vocal group, basically. And the audience that would enjoy this is probably not going to listen because they still do have that teeny bopper, teenage, multicolor hair, right, earrings image. Um, but then the the teenagers. It, they're they're not interested in this. They're listening to Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's there. There's a mismatch there. So I can understand why the album didn't do well, even though it's great. The interesting contrast is to one of the other big comebacks we were listening to this summer, which is Shiny. Because Shiny's been at this for, you know, for what, 14, 15 years at this point? Yeah, the, the, they, yeah, it's been, I think, I think this is 15. I think this is, yeah, 15 years. They're clearly not doing replay anymore. I mean, they probably are doing replay at concerts, but they're not, they're not producing songs that sound like replay anymore. They, they are grown. They've done their military service. They've been through a lot, <laughs> but in that case, like there's a whole infrastructure around them and there's this whole tradition of, yeah, the groups get older, but retain some of their performance traditions because before, as you've been covering before shiny, there was TVXQ before TVXQ, there was HOT. So 
in the Korean market, there's this precedent for, okay, this group is getting older, but the fans will, the fans know to expect that and will stay with them and will age with them. And it's, and it's some people, obviously people grow out of listening to K-pop, people grow out of listening to Shiny, but there's a little bit more of a precedent for, I've been following Shiny for, for 10, 15 years. And that's what 91 doesn't have right now. Yeah, it's, they have it, but you have to explain. But you have to be like us, explaining it for ten minutes. You know, <laughs> for, no, like, yeah, exactly. And it's it's like what happened to um, a group like the Backstreet Boys or um, you know New Kids on the Block. Uh, we also in the U.S. don't have that tradition of these boy bands kind of lasting, and so it, it doesn't matter what they want to do. And I mean, I feel like it's even kind of a tired trope at this point with because I think new kids on the block tried to rebrand as NKOTB right if I'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. I'm pulling that from deep in the memory banks um so I could be wrong but it didn't it didn't work and um people just didn't care didn't want to listen to them and you know again I think a lot of it does come down to the fact that a big part of the appeal of these boy bands for this specifically this teen girl audience is not in the music. I mean, it is, but it's also not. It's in, you know, hanging out with your friends and mm-hmm. um, what's trendy. Everyone's talking about it. Like, yes. And, and so um, in the social part of it, the social part of it. Yeah. And there's nothing right. wrong with that. Like that, that part is fun. But yeah, you're right, where K-pop has figured out how to keep that going. So you still have that social part of it, even when you're, you know, in your 40s and uh, going to, to the 15th anniversary concert for like oh, Shiny. Yeah. Um, K-pop has figured out, or SM anyway, has figured out how to do that. There's just no precedent for that, I'm, I'm guessing, just in Kazakhstan. And I will say this, uh, one of the, um, I was watching, like I said, some of these fan cams. And so the one for the one I saw for Dunier, the audience, Mm -hmm. like they were trying to get the audience to chant along like, hey, 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 like, Mm -hmm. and and I feel like a K-pop audience would have understood that like in Korea or Japan or even in the U.S., but the Kazakh, like they just weren't doing it. Like they were not Mm -hmm. chanting, hey, hey, hey. even though like all of the signifiers were there to like do it and they just weren't um they were just cheering generally and you know so i thought that was kind of very interesting um you know how much you know how much can you can you do as a group to get an audience to behave in ways that uh, audiences in different countries do i mean it's that's a tough that's a tough thing to do 
My understanding is that the whole idea of having concerts is not new, new, but it's not typical for the Kazakh pop music scene. Like you, you like if you were a musician, you would generally make your money from performing at weddings rather than big old concerts. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And that's a whole that which is a whole different business model and one that they have consistent 91 has consistently refused to do like the whole time and it is they get asked about it in every single interview. Um why don't you do toy, which is I think toy. Yeah. And I'm not I may be pronouncing it wrong, but it's 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 these big wedding wedding fest celebrations. Um and the idea is you have you hire a a singer, but it's kind of like a, a bar mitzvah DJ. It's not like people aren't there. It, it's not a concert featuring the artist. It's a party and the artist just happens to be there. And it's a way kind of a showing off the kind of money and power that the organizing entity, whether it's a, a, a private individual or a corporation can do. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, I think we touched on this last time because I remember yeah. um, I did link to an article about how much it would cost to have Shah Rukh Khan come play at yes. your, your wedding. Yeah, because yes. you this can is, cut all this if you need to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, there's no yeah, there's no harm in mentioning it again. Um, yeah, because that's, this that's is the, that's the the so the the whole idea of you go to a concert. I think that whole how you behave in concert. But no, they they don't have fan chants. Yeah. They don't have. Yeah, it was just very um, interesting watching kind of that, that audience dynamic with Dunier because I had been singing Hey, Hey, Hey in my car, right? <laughs> <laughs> because it's very obvious that is what you're supposed to do at that part in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just to hear an aud- hear them trying to lead the audience into saying hey 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 and the audience just not it just going right over their heads just not getting it at all uh was very interesting i am interested to hear what you say about dunia because that is the that is a song where i'm like i still am not sure what is really happening here oh <laughs> yeah, i love dunia that's like one of my a, like it's, it's, repeat it's, songs it's hitting me it's it, it, it's hitting me weird so okay yeah, i to discuss it all right well maybe but this is a good yes. uh segue to go into gap yes. um yeah which again i'll preface this by saying 10 out of 10 for me i've had it on repeat basically since it came out um i really really liked this album a lot not a not a teen idol album but it's a it's a good it is a good contemporary pop album i'll say that Yes. I, I mean, I love it. I, I actually, I was going to say, I knew I was going to love it, but I didn't. I was like, I'm going to be disappointed by this. <laughs> I, oh, <wasn't>. no. <laughs> I just, I just tend to assume like, yeah. I, I just tend to assume like, oh, I'm going to whatever musical direction they head in next. I'm not going to like it. And then, Aww. especially since I was not as in love with all of the pre-releases oh, as you really? were oh really yeah no i love them all like maybe yeah maybe they they uh or drove me nuts really or <laughs> yes I, I have since listened to it about 600 times but when it first got released and the, the whole like shimmy 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 part i was like no yeah i like that <laughs> Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, I liked all the pre-release songs a lot. Um, yeah, Bope. It was really, really good. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, okay. So, bef- okay. So maybe just before we, um, okay. So before we talk about the songs, I'll play a little clip for, you know, mm-hmm. you, the listeners via editing magic. Um, but just to go through the members really fast. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, okay. So, um, haven't done it yet. yeah, so really Zach, fast. Yeah, Zach is the rapper. You should lead because if I, I okay. lead, we'll be at this for 20 minutes. I'm just go gonna, ahead. I'm gonna give you the just the quick and dirty of just their their voices. Um, so Zach is the rapper. If you hear rapping, it's basically him. Um, mm-hmm. there are a lot of these like, <laughs> like really funny, like. There's a couple of songs where they do the like beat drop and he has his like little rap verse. It's very charming. Um, yeah, and then there's Bala, who's the youngest, the Makne. Um, he has this really great, I want to say it's like Turkic-influenced um, like vibrato in his lines that I just, I love. I love hearing it. So you, and he does like, um, like this, he, he tends to put this like auto-tune on his vocals. So yeah. Yeah. But it's a really fun like affectation. I, I enjoy it a lot. So yeah, the... The auto-tune little vibrato lines, those are Bala. He actually was a um, a trainee at SM Entertainment. Yes. Um, and he has the kind of high, I wouldn't call it a counter tenor, but it he's, definitely. He's a tenor. I think he's, he's a tenor. A tenor. Yeah. But he gets up in that sort of high register. It's a very gentle, um, very, he has a light touch to his voice. It's, it's very pleasant. Um, it's but... gentle until he gets scratchy, <laughs> which is, it's really interesting when he gets scratchy. Like, yeah. Bata is one of the cases where it's like it, in, in the end he's like he's like he gets almost scrapey at the end when he's like it's he's he's got uh, he's got the ability to kind of put a lot of emotion into his voice is he, how I put it. Yeah, he really does. But it, yeah, he ha- if there's a high register, typically that's that's where you find Ace. <laughs> Oh, 
And then there's Alim, who um, he has kind of the most versatile voice, I think. Uh, I really, really like Alim's vocals. Um, he has this really sort of deep, low register. Mm-hmm. But when he does go high, it's quite powerful. And I think if anyone has like the, you know, quote unquote, um, lead vocal voice, it's it's probably Alam. It's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's sort of the the quick and dirty of their voices just so you can kind of pick them out uh, as we play these songs so um yeah we'll kick off with biz Kazakh for we, by the way. It's the, the, the first person plural. Oh, okay. I, yeah, in my head, I don't know what I was thinking because I think I mentioned before we started recording, but I did not really look at the lyrics to any of these. I'm not a lyrics person, never have been a lyrics person. I, I, I just, I, not that I don't care about lyrics, but I kind of don't care about lyrics. And so, yeah, so in my head, this was like, like the succession song <laughs> like like the biz like the um braggadocio, oh, like brag like braggadocio kind of like we're giving them the biz like <laughs> oh i mean it's a braggadocio song that's not wrong <laughs> see i'm the opposite of you i'm t- all about the lyrics and and i will talk about the lyrics as we go along because i actually think they're quite important i assume zach wrote them all because he's usually their sole lyricist sometimes bala has been credited as well I don't have music and lyrics credits broken out for this album. Are there music and lyrics credits somewhere? Uh, Spotify. Oh, there's okay. a written by. Hold on, what? I will I will pull it on my tablet so that I can I can tell you who wrote what as we go along and put my tablet on mute so it doesn't accidentally play when we don't need it to play. So so yeah, Biz is is the opening track and it was also it's the only song to have received. A music video so far yeah and the music video is pretty great actually i posted some screenshots on um twitter this morning as i was like 
going back through these songs just to kind of refresh my memory before we started recording and it's kind of set in like this space station kind of 2001 a space odyssey that kind of vibe yeah and it's just them kind of uh being very like hey we're the best at at the camera uh we're the best and we're in outer space so they had a theme with previous albums that i did not follow very well because it wasn't fully translated but there was a theme of like I think it was with Men MS, which was the album that came out in 2019, where it was 2019 versus 2091. And like the guys were casting themselves as coming back from the future to oh, enlighten. Okay. So they were they were from 2091. So I think this is what they were feeding into this idea of they are beaming back to Earth to enlighten all us poor souls who have not <laughs> received the benefit of 91's flow. Also, there's a whole spaceship theme in the Symbiom MV, but I have no idea. But I never saw it being tied together. Yeah, the song credits on this one are Bala and Zach are the two main writers. So it was probably Bala music and Zach lyrics. So yeah, and this one has it starts off. Well, I'll I'll have just played a clip so you'll have heard it. But yeah, it's it's a very um, in that manner of if you if you're familiar with kind of these K-pop like sort of the hip hop contemporary pop, but like meshed with um, sort of this global, like the global K-pop sound is kind of in that in that vein. One song construction trick, I don't know if it's a trick, but habit that you'll hear in, in biz that 91 goes to a lot is same verse, different vocalists. They do this a lot where they have, we're going to have one person sing it at first and then after, in this case, it's, Ace has the pre-chorus before the Zach's rap and Bala has it afterwards. And then they sing it slightly different. Bala's got more of the auto-tune going on in his section. Ace is a little more subdued. it's a it's a nice contrast though and i i actually really like when they do this because their vocals are so different that it gives a different flavor to the melody there have been times and it's partly because i don't speak kazakh but it's been like oh this is the same (laughs) these are the same words it's just a different vocalist oh okay So, yeah, the, 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 the lyrics are pretty much like, we're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. So but, I, didn't, I didn't really need to. That, that just came. It came through in their voices. <laughs> yeah. I will say that there, there is a point where they ask who is real now. And I'm just going to bring that up because you'll see why as we, as we go through the album. But that's kind of their, one of their opening questions to start the Gap album is who is real. So, but yeah. I do like how Zach kind of switches up his flow because normally he's very, he's very fast. He, he, he kind of speed wraps here and there. And then in this one, he's like, how you forgot about me? You know, <laughs> very like thudding. And it's like, okay, well, nice pace. But again, it, it does kind of remind me of that, like that global K-pop sound where you do get like these K-pop rappers that kind of rap like that. Mm-hmm. 
How you forgot about me? Munda 90 O N E Basında E Tüm kempilek bugün gediğim Bırakın bergen dengeyi Barışır gende sen bi Yeah, so I mean Yeah, this could have been the one that, that they thought Would do the best um, In that kind of YouTube Global K-pop Sphere that they've somehow um, Managed to hook their hook their way into I'll, uh, Yeah, I've certainly RT'd it But I can't say how, how the K-pop fans reacted. It's got a million views on YouTube. I don't Ooh. know what that means. Like, I can't put that in context, you know? Well, I will say Puerto Rico has 15 million, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So, track two. Jamapalip. Uh, Jamapalip. 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 Bolgan minyan. And so this one, the minute I heard that int- that like like the intro, I thought of your rant last time about Zach loving the cross-lingual punning, mm-hmm. because this one sounds like French. I mean, it's not in yes. French, but it does sound like very French. The lyrics. Apparently, anyway. there's a j- joke in Kazakh among Kazakh speakers that Kazakh and French sound a lot alike. I learned French in high school and college. I don't hear it, but no, I, yeah, I took some French. French no, <laughs> as, as a non-native speaker of French and a non-speaker of Kazakh, I guess. Like, but yes, this is supposed to be the 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 Stromae inspired song. Yeah, which that makes sense. It's got kind of this uh, Euro poppy sound to it. Um, I really like the use of harmonies. Um, in a few places, I thought they were really well done. Uh, and this song is the one out of all of them that just gets stuck in my head. Just that, like that pulsing chorus that just hits one, two, three, four, and it's just I'll be walking along and it'll be like, I, I have no idea what the uh, lyrics are, but it'll just be in my head. The the sound the the part that sounds like something something dis like, and I was like, oh. Like it does sound a little Frenchy, Frenchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
is an interesting point where they say they say the line is translated as it's born from you. And if and I had to listen to it a couple of times to get it, but it does kind of sound like de which would be it's born from you in French. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, but like the way they hit that qua or whatever it is in mm-hmm. Kazakh is very uh, satisfying. So I, I liked this one a lot. Um, but it does have that very like Euro beady song. And it, it that makes sense if they were um, sort of aiming for that. Well, I think they succeeded. So the, the chorus partly translates as love yourself. So I kind of think of this as a more upbeat sequel to Wyam, which was the final song off their 2018 EP, because that that song is about like Wyam is short for Wyam Dama, which is don't worry. And it, the, the course of that one is struggle and make mistakes. Don't worry. Love yourself, basically. Uh, but it's kind of this anguished song. It's like very jittery and broken up and. It, 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 I love it. I think it's one of their their most ambitious songs. But it's it's it, it, again, like you said, it's not a TikTok song. And then Jour Mapalep is kind of in that vein, but it's more confident. It's more bouncy. It's it of all the songs, I think this is the most TikTokable. Like I could see people, you know, staging a getting ready to take on the day montage. Not I'm not on TikTok. I'm an old, <laughs> but. <laughs> Getting ready to take on the day montage to Jermapala. Yeah, Yeah, I guess I'm showing my age too because I could see this one. I agree that this is probably the most marketable song on the album. And but in my mind, I was like, yeah, they could do a club remix of this one. (laughs) They would do pretty well. (laughs) Like in, um, yeah, like that's yeah. I feel like this is definitely the most. I don't know if you TikTok friendly, radio friendly song. I will say we've been saying it's bouncy, but I'm going to quote a lot. Again, I've got the English translations up. Um, I'm going to quote a line from Zach's rap, which is, if you're looking for energy at the bottom of darkness, you must know that it will absorb you. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Zach. (laughs) Yeah. This is a preview of what's coming up, just so you know, lyrically. Yeah, it's going to get weird. Yeah, well, I'm I'm looking forward to it because really, like I said, I've just been listening to it. Uh, yeah, so as far as I'm concerned, all of these songs are just about how awesome they are. So, okay. This one was Alem yeah. and Zach are, have the credits oh, on this one. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, and, and uh, we didn't mention, but Alem does, he's from a jazz family, right? Like he's yeah. From, yeah. Yeah, he was in a jazz, jazz ensemble. Um, and he's actually probably he may have the highest individual profile now because he's been doing a lot of tv work i think with the voice of kazakhstan oh good for him because he was a performer there um before he joined 91 in like 2012 he, he competed on the voice of kazakhstan and i think more recently he's been a judge kind of out of my depth here because i haven't been following that as much but i think he's been a judge and he was also a mentor to they i think they had a system where they had younger kids performing like junior voice of kazakhstan or something like that and he was a mentor to one of the kids and he's talked about how much fun it seemed like he had a lot of fun with that so yeah i mean good for him if that's that is what he's doing because i mean there's nothing better than tv for getting normies hooked into your (laughs) to your work yeah (laughs) Mm, okay so track three Aperem, aperem, I, I. 
So probably the first two on the music, the third on the lyrics. So so this one, it has a very indie rock feel to it. And what <laughs> my ear immediately, just because of who I am, it has this very clean, very clean bass. Like this is super clean bass uh, line that I was really enjoying or really do enjoy um, in the car. So it's where I do a lot of music listening. <laughs> they said a Paramai was going to be the next single. I don't know if that's still their plan. They released a lyric video for Je Mappelep, which is basically just space themed. But it's not the lyric video is not nearly as happy as Mouncy as we you would expect for Je Mappelep. So I'm not sure what happened there. Yeah, huh. Um, um, but a pair of mine makes sense as a second single. It's it's basically it's a it's a cute love song. It's not one of my favorites. I I find it kind of a little bit on the bland side. Oh really? Yeah, oh, I really like it. Yeah, it's um to me it has a very nice uh, palette of sounds. It just is very pleasing in my ear, and um it it does it does a couple things that I find very charming. It has like that um you know the Zach rhythm drop for the. Uh, the chorus uh, or not the chorus for his little rap section um i guess it'd be the bridge which is something that yeah you hear a lot like like arashi does this all the time like <laughs> like the little show raps i find it very charming um <laughs> and then uh it does like a rhythm drop towards the end that's also just a fun like mixing up of the the sound palette and um, I really like Bala's, uh, like the affectation of his auto-tuned little vibrato mm -hmm. voice. And you hear it a lot in this song, which I really like. And yeah, so I, I am very fond of this one. And it is, it's again, it's a very like happy, charming, another bouncy one. But yeah, this would be a fun single. I can see that. Mm -hmm. The the lyrics are 
about like comparing the beloved to like the moon and the, the 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 refrain is I'll get the moon. So it's like I'm going to to make this love happen. It's not very deep. <laughs> <laughs> it's as cute. It's like the least deep song on the album. It's so cute uh, though. It is cute. It is cute. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm I have weird tastes. I don't like ballads generally. Okay. So yeah, which is why I didn't like Otige when we get to that oh, one on first. Season. I love that song. Okay, okay, okay. But okay, so next yeah, I'm, is I'm, um I'm, I've got weird tastes. I've yeah. got weird taste. Next is a uh, tart tarty. Uh, is it Tarta? Yeah, it Tarta. is Tarta. 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 I know like the instrumentation again it's got this really nice it's um kind of a mid-tempo slow slow mid-tempo-y song but it's got just this really nice again it's got a really nice sound to it like these like soft like synthesizer pads that you just kind of float along and the vocals are great there's a spanish guitar that comes in mm-hmm. yeah and then um <laughs> like when the bass enters it's just oh fantastic and um the other thing that i really enjoy about this one in particular is that you get zach doing like a sing sing talky like he's not rapping oh, yeah. he does like no. a, yeah yes yeah yes he it, it, it's kind of shocking how he's like they found out he could croon yeah like I yeah. was surprised when he got handed the chorus on an emoji, and I was like, "That's a good, that's actually a good move." Oh, actually, actually, no, I should say start with Seractar, which was back last summer, about a year ago now. Oh, that's a and great one. And it was interesting because it, it, it's kind of a, a, a chirpy, silly song, 
But it was interesting because they had Zach and Ace essentially switch places where Zach handles the chorus and the middle eight where you normally expect Zach's rap to be. That's where Ace has his part. Um, And we hadn't really been thinking about Zach as a singer before, but no, this actually works. And then in Emoji, he's like, he's got the chorus. He's the driver. And then like, and then here... Like I said, I'm not I'm not as good with it musically, I guess, as you are. But the 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 sequence that starts with Alem's part and goes through to the next set of choruses that is just gorgeous. The way they hand off to each other. Yeah, well, and there's some some really nice harmony work again um, in this song. That it's it's really nice. Uh, like Alem like doubles himself um, at one point, which is really really nice. Uh, like the the vocal work is just Yeah, I just can't get I can't get enough. Like it's really good. This is one another one that I, I replay a lot. It's very pretty. Bala has the music credit, by the way. Bala oh. on music, Zach on lyrics. Um See, yeah, I knew Bala was well, my I sh- favorite. I, for I reason. shouldn't assume that Zach isn't doing music, but he's usually the lyrics guy. So it's credited to the two of them. Yeah, so what are the lyrics for this one? Um it's interesting. It's kind of like the the uh you're bad for me, but I love it. You know, it was like, I'm, I was attracted by the flame in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, it does, it does have that kind of croony, like a seductive yeah. sound to it. So that makes sense. I assume that's what I assumed it was about. So nice to, it came through even without the, the lyrics. So I appreciate yeah, that. I, and I feel like this song should be, it should be gaining traction more than, I don't know, but it it seems like it should be gaining traction just because it just seems so well fitted to lo-fi playlists. Like yes. it's not lo-fi, it's not low quality, but it's got that. It's the chill vibes. It's a chill it's got vibes. It's chill vibe. Yeah. It's a chill vibe. It's a torch song, essentially. Like a, a chill vibes, like you're in the club, like we're in, like we got Alum's like jazz band backing. Like it's, it's a very chill song it's really it's really pretty like i really like it it's one to add to your lo-fi playlists um okay next is blue blue owns my soul Shut up the bunch, 
funny i was thinking about the best way to describe this one and it it reminds me a lot of kind of what a uh, sexy zone is doing right now and in this kind of um like 80s feeling like city pop feeling mm-hmm. um yeah feel like that's an it, yeah and they've done other ones in this vein which actually is probably why they were cut if they were they kept keeping blue you don't want to have too many of the same sound i guess um but yeah it's it's good if you like what you know sexy zone is doing right now and i think they're putting out great stuff so it's it's in that vein of just that 80s um yeah a kazakhstani writer i follow on tumblr was like ace is cosplaying the weekend oh (laughs) okay yeah i could see that and, and frankly, that kind of synth pop, like, is my jam. I am very much a child of the 80s. And this is the song is so dramatic and like, boom, with the chorus. It does have some very nice uh, moments from Ace, in particular, I think, in this song. <laughs> and then it does have that fun um i think it's it's alam doing the blue 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 i think so blue part in the chorus yeah and it took me a couple listens to realize that that's what that was just the use of the word blue is like this percussive almost like an instrument in and of itself it's great not saying blue they're saying i think it's it's the it's the um kazakh for knowing or to know i think that's how it's translated so this is another stealthy english kazakh pun then Mm -hmm. yeah Hmm, interesting i think this is the only one on the album we'll we'll see but i'm pretty sure yeah this is okay so like i said i love it I do, it, it does kind of drive me crazy. I have wondered if I feel like that this synth, synth pop sound is starting to be on its way out, uh, globally speaking. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm generally very, very bad at finding and forecasting trends. Yeah, I'm not a trend but, forecaster either. But I do kind of wonder if they had been able to hit their original schedule and release it in December, would this have caught on a bit better? Now, again, they haven't, this is an album cut. They haven't released it as a single. Uh, it just feels to me like they may have, just in the six months it took them to finalize this album, did they go from this is the hot sound to this was the hot sound? Well, I don't know. It, um, uh, oh, shoot. Uh, Kuma, Kuma? 
Isn't that another synth poppy one? Yeah. Of the same. That one yeah. had a similar sound, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay, so Coma is in a weird state because when the, the last year, what in Jurek too, right? Yes, and both of those, they were, those were like two of their last songs under Jeux. So when they were under Jeux, the end of 2021, they had a series called Saturday Tune, where they would basically write a song on live stream. Um, and you can find the archived, they did two series as it were the first series, they were just live streaming for like six hours of a stretch. The second time, they were they limited it to two hours and they kept and then they would put 30 minute highlights on YouTube. So you can still find those on their channel. So those were all so burpa, coma, abuse. Um, abuse is so pretty. Abuse is very abuse is so pretty. That one to me, it's got um, this great acoustic guitar opening. Mm -hmm. that's just like ripped right from like if you like the Kings of Convenience or something like that. It's a. It's right in the, the that lane. Sakhas shariyala dam kalay, shariyam dushan kamay, dalengin nut kartilden, har peralam baham, sirzerin gitalokta. So those were, and then there was one more. Oh, birthday. Which is actually a, a pretty interesting song. But those were all, like, they released, for abuse, they released a full video. For the other three, they released lyric videos. But those were all songs they produced while they were still under Jeux. And for those songs, they have a 50-50 split with, with Jeux. So I think that's why they're kind of shying away from doing a lot with those songs now, now that they have enough of their own material that oh, they no, can that, present at concerts yeah that makes sense and you know blue is it, to my ear anyway was in the same vein so i mean why not do that one instead? darn was also very synthy and again oh, it's yeah. the same now they mm -hmm. did perform darn at the concerts i think that's one of their bigger songs but and, and that one has a video and um and i will say i did um send uh, some of these to my dad and darn and senorita were his two faves so she exists 
kind of about this this is like it's like the 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 romance of um a paramai and tarta went sour so it's about the it's it's the interesting thing is it's written in the second person so it's like talking to some the narrator is talking to someone who has been disappointed in love by a girl so it's like there's a there there's they're addressing this this broken-hearted person. They're not taking the role of the broken-hearted person, but this is where the lyrics start getting really interesting because they're early on. It's there's a line about in this city there is there are only zombies, and then later on in the song there's um when Zach's rap the way Zach's rap starts is don't look in the mirror at night otherwise you'll see who's inside there, like. There's sadness there. It's like, don't, it's, it's kind of like, it, it's starting to get into darker places than just heartbreak. Which even though the, the primary theme of the song is just like, you have been abandoned and it's, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking, but also glamorous because synth pop. Yeah. The glamorous heartbreak that, I mean, that is pretty eighties, isn't it? Just that. Yes. That oh yeah. 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 Oh yes. Yeah. I, I like to say that this is their Midnight Sky. <laughs> and I liked Midnight Sky. In fact, I liked Midnight Sky more once I heard Blue, weirdly. <laughs> okay. So the next one, Oteki? Oteki. Oteki. Okay. Oteki.
which is Kazakh for oxygen, I believe. Oh, okay. So, yeah, this one is probably the most uh, straight ahead just ballad song on here. And again, just me being me, the sound of that snare drum, it hooked me immediately. It is so nostalgic. It just took me right back to I like I had I just felt like I hadn't heard like a snare drum like that in a million years. Like I, I <laughs> this is very specific, but um, yeah, I my background is in audio engineering and music production, um, which I don't work in anymore. But I did spend you know hundreds of hours in the studio, miking drums and um, recording piano and the the sound of this was so nostalgic for me uh that maybe it's i you know one reason why I, I liked it more than you but um the other thing that really grabs me in this song and i get goosebumps every single time i hear it is there's a part in the song where alam he goes into the high he's he goes into a high register but he's not he doesn't go into his head voice Mm-mm. He sings right. high in his chest voice, and it's so emotional, and it just every single time gives me goosebumps. It's really, it's. I think this is a really pretty song. I really like it a lot. <laughs> yeah that to get like way too specific that snare drum just takes me right back to being like 20 years old miking miking drums it's yeah i like i just had it's so funny what our yeah it's so funny what our musical madeleines (laughs) yeah i know yeah this really was i I heard that snare and i was like i haven't heard a snare like that in 20 years like oh (laughs) so i think i don't remember if i said it before but blue the credits were alam bala and zach this is the only song i believe where Someone other than OT4 wrote, has a writing credit, and it's Serzan Bakutzan. And he basically co wrote their first EP, Ayaptama, way back in 2015. So I'm not sure if they went back to him, or what I think is more likely is that they had had this melody floating around for a while and then finally put Zach put lyrics to it. Um, I'm I'm not a ballad girl. I'm not. Never have been. <laughs> never will be. Um, I I like them if they're well done. I I don't like. I'll say what I I don't like a soggy ballad. I am not a soggy ballad person. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned I had just uh, done this TVXQ uh, series, and um, so Dongbangshinki, Toho Shinki in Japan were known for doing these like really emotional, like ballads. Um, yeah that that <laughs> i don't i don't like a lot of that but um i do like them when they're exceptional um and i feel like uh like this one to me just hit it hits right for me anyway it doesn't have that like soggy there's just this soggy ballad style that i i just i, I yeah I, and i don't know if it's maybe the emotion 
that comes through in the vocals because um I mean I said it uh before but I I I am a, a vocal person like I love um I love hearing a voice and so much pop today it's just like the vocals are like way over compressed and um auto-tuned and like buried in mixes and he, and I feel like you don't get a sense of like the voice um but 91 and this album um I feel like you really do like hear their voices and this is one where like Alam I think especially really shines mm-hmm. so um yeah I I'm quite taken by it but like I I understand why if you're not a ballad person it may not have grabbed you but yeah, my musical, musical Madeline, this is hit for me. Like, like the combination of everything. <laughs> like, I may not like it if somebody else sang it, but I definitely liked it. Uh, this, this, this version of it was really good. So the first couple times I heard it, before I got access to the lyrics, I'm like, eh, it's, it's a ballad, it's a breakup song, you know, which kind of makes sense if you have this, like, little chronology from A Paramai is Infatuation, Tarta is kind of settling into seduction. <laughs> Blue is, it's not going well. And then Otuga is the aftermath. That kind of makes sense. And then I'm going to read you the translation. This is their translation of the chorus. All right. To retreat without fighting together from the same fate is pure defeat. Such an end is mutual trauma that does not pity anyone. What kind of weapon is this? That's the chorus. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's, um, hmm. Right. <laughs> and there's, there's also, like I said, the title of the song is Oxygen. There's, there's a lot of fire and ashes symbolism in it. There's a, there's a line about, you better burn me in the fire without torturing me. There's a line about the, the world I chose the moment I entered turned to ashes. Yeah, there's. Huh, okay. It could still be a devastation after being dumped song, but to me it does not feel like solely a devastation after being dumped song. This is I had my my questions about Zulim when we get to it, but when I saw the lyrics for this one, I was like, "Oh boy, this is it's it's this is the whole album is is starting to take on a whole different cast." Yeah, well that definitely adds another layer of meaning if we're going through this kind of like cycle i guess like this this cycle of um of romance through through the album so far that yeah that had just gone right over my head not speaking kazakh so we should we should get to dunia now yeah (laughs) hey hey hey
song credits. Ace Balazak. Um, I have this long history of like Ace and I have completely opposite musical tastes. Oh, really? Wait, <laughs> it's so... like if the 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 more involvement he has in the song, the less likely I am to like it. There there have been exceptions. There, there was a thing. Uh, it's since been wiped from their Instagrams. But there was a, there was a thing they, they did for his birthday when they were still in under Jizz, and it's like the other members had to answer questions about him. And uh, one of the questions was, "What is his favorite '91 song?" And they're all sort of the other three are all sort of hemming and hawing. And and Zach's like, he really doesn't like any of our songs. Oh no! <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's the Taeyeon of '91. <laughs> and then finally, they're like, we think it's Koilek, which is off the, the, the like Koilek really and he comes back and he's like yeah it's Koilek and <laughs> Koilek is pretty but it's like a prom song and I'm like really dude the prom song uh so anyway yes the, the fact that he's on the the song that I'm just sitting here going hmm that makes perfect sense but anyway yeah so- yeah so this is what this is like okay happy upbeat except there are gunshots in the chorus what well, there's what? also, yeah, it's, okay, so Dunier, this one reminded me so much of, there was this era of um, Belle and Sebastian where they had these very peppy songs, and it, you know what I think it is? I think it's the um, fake hand claps, and, um, like, the they were all these, like, the double-tracked vocals, and, like, the really jingle-jangle guitar, and then it, it kind of, it has that... Um, it slows down for the the pre-chorus uh and then like peps right back up where you're supposed to be singing along like hey 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 Yeah, I I really really like this one a lot. This is like exactly my taste in uh like kind of um really happy cheesy peppy uh pop music. Um and there's a lot of interesting things going on too. Yeah, like weird gunshot sounds. Uh yeah, the the fake hand claps, like the use of the fake hand claps, like why it sounds cool. Uh and then um Zach, like his his rap section is really delightful I, I have no idea what he's saying but he uses a lot of like um it's just a, a lot of rhythmic play like in his um in his delivery uh which even not understanding what he's saying is very enjoyable <laughs> So 
So yeah. what do you think this song is about? Because I got the lyrics up here. Okay. What, what do you think? I, honestly, I have no idea. I assumed it was some sort of like romancy song, but I'm guessing that is not what it was about. <laughs> Chorus translation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe it's more like Belle and Sebastian than I thought, because they were notorious for like uh, peppy songs with like kind of uh, maudlin lyrics. But yeah. What happened to this world? It is filled with anger and pain. Who will heal the heart that hurts so much? What happened to this world? When will we change it? Love is the last fortress for humanity. Yeah, it is their Bell and Sebastian song. <laughs> you can understand why the why the uh, the Kazakh audience was like, "Are we supposed to cheer?" Oh, there's a line in in the opening part where he there's a part where he says nature is disappearing day by day and we are responsible for the depleted rivers. So it's kind of them going back to the environmental theme they they touched on in Bari Baled. Well, and the uh, the depleted rivers. I mean, I'm sure that you know we all know about the um the Aral Sea. That that kind of hits home in Kazakhstan. Yeah, that's like that's yeah, that's like right to the right to the uh, the heart. And this is this is Zach's rap. He says, "I'll run away from the city. I'll run away from home. I'm running away from myself. When will I start to believe in myself? I'm running away from everyone. I'm running away from the world. I'm running away from you." When will I come to myself? I'm hiding once again and coming out. I'm suffocated, suffocating an evil destroyed world. I'm running away from my own guys. I mean, I remain alone. How many people like me are there? That's why I've been like, because it's so upbeat and yet it's so dark at the same time and then they have a children's chorus at the very yes, end yes the children's what? chorus <laughs> yes Oh my god, yeah, I have it written in my little notes. It says, kids chorus, underline. <laughs> Again, Belle and Sebastian, they do songs with kids chorus. So I think it's canon now. Dunier is their <laughs> Belle and Sebastian song. <laughs> like the uh, Deceptively Peppy with the that very specific like keyboard sound and the kids chorus. So should we move on to Ego? Yeah, Ego. Come to me, I'm 
Daddy shaking So this is another like EDME dance yes. with the um like a Zach rap break and this one to me sounded a, a little bit more like what they were doing when um AZ was still with the group. Yeah. So this one is AZ, Bala, and Zach on the credits. And everything I just said about not liking Ace's songs, I immediately take back because this is awesome. Uh, this one is more straightforward. This is a this is the this is the um we are awesome, cower before us song. It it is just as uh menacing as it sounds like. It's not like there's this this tension between song songs and lyrics. How do we how do I say this? It's a uh, the Bulbiz de Selam Ika is like, it's our greeting. It's our calling card. I, I love how how much it varies. I, I love how much, it, how it keeps switching on itself. Like it's only, I think it's only about two minutes, 30 seconds, but it doesn't, it feels like a longer song. And then the part about, the part where Ace sounds like a demented doll is like yeah. the best. <laughs> 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 I'm all in I'm like I'm all about like you, you good use of vocals um yeah this one yeah th- that makes sense um that it's the most to me this felt really felt like the most um straight ahead and again like the most similar to what they were doing um as an idol more idly group um uh, you know as like the big bang I was gonna say one of the things I, I really love about ego is that it just kind of feels like like not just vocally but musically it kind of, it keeps switching itself up where you have this very i have a very bad musical vocabulary but you have this very this kind of string-like bounce early on and then later on you have that kind of echoing vocal very artificial echoing vocals So, yeah, so when they when they did um, their first album, Karangi Zarek, back in 2017, one of the cool things about some of those songs, like Suasta and Yeski Taspabie, which were some of the first songs on which Alam and Bala had music credits, is that it felt like they were just throwing every potential percussion <laughs> style and the kitchen sink at the song and just oh. seeing what emerged. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 
it was kind of anarchic in this really cool way. Uh, and and Yeske Tasmabia has whole sections that are like, you know, and I know for some people that's like very grating, but it, to me, it makes for a much more interesting song. And Ego kind of reminds me of that. It's 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 tighter, but it's very much like we're going to try this and we're going to try that and we're going to try this beat. And I, I, I like that spirit. I can I can see that hearkening back to like that 2017 era, because that is the sense I got too that it's a little bit more of the um, like that Big Bang spirit, I think in this one of like that uh that fantastic baby let's just let's just go all out and uh and and party so lyrics um it's pretty much like there's a reason why it's called ego it's it's a lot of bragging (laughs) but there is a line about they say there are only ashes and burns left after us there's still a lot of ashes imagery in this book in this album and then there's a part in zach's rap where he says they say about us we had sold our souls. Their lives are like a sweet biscuit. That's how that's the translation. And I just worked tirelessly. Yo, if you move like me, you'll catch fire on the first day. So Yeah. More okay. ashes, more fire. <laughs> Uh, shots fired, I guess, from Zach. <laughs> he is not a sweet chocolate boy, and uh, he would like you to know it. It is a hard work. I, I believe it is hard work having your own company and hustling. Uh, without doing a uh, toy. So, okay, then the last one, Zalim, Zalim, mm-hmm. Zalim. Translates as villain. Okay. Possibly villain. Yeah, I think I think singular villain. Okay. Um, to me, this song weirdly had this um, like a Hindi film song quality to it, which yeah, um, it's got kind of this rolling 
this like rolling feel and yeah for whatever reason it it just hit my ear like a, a film song like a recent like one but um yeah i'm curious what the uh the lyric lyrical uh content is oh we'll get there i will point okay. out first all of right. all uh, first of all this song i believe is over four minutes long which is increasingly rare for pop songs yeah in the streaming era i believe it's the only one on the album that's that long but they do kind of take their time and they do have that kind of thundering ominous yeah bass in the background and kind of just like rolls like rolls through yeah um and then they have a a, and then they have a part at the end where they had they they, i I love it when generally when they kind of take turns you know Hmm. one of the reasons why ayama is my favorite 91 song ever is because of the rap sequence where AZ and Zach are just passing it back and forth like a football and it's great. But the, but the part in Zulum where it's a sort of being more subdued and then Zach sort of wrapping around him is, I like that they had space to put that in the song. Um, so credits are credits are ace bala and zach again i'm I'm a little surprised that alem doesn't have a writing credit on this one uh so lyrically this one's interesting um there's a there's a line about there's a line in in Bala's opening bar verse where it's definitely the end of the world. Oh, okay. Um, no, that all that all tracks. I can I can hear that. Yeah. Uh, the chorus is like a villain in love, leaving nothing in of this world. I'll ruthlessly burn everything to ashes. Uh, More fire imagery. And then. Uh, Oh, there's a part in um, Zach's rap where he says, who's the real villain? Which is why I was pointing out them asking who is real in biz, because this feels like it's bringing the album full circle. And then later on, later on in the song, it's I am real as much as I have the courage. And then at the very and later on is necessary to go through various difficulties, work hard to burn everything. Whoever touches gets burned no other way. Like a lot about burning and fire and work. <laughs> so and evil. <laughs> not a song of the summer material is what you're saying. So <laughs> I have a thesis about this this album. Okay. Which I have not gotten I've I've tr- I posted on Tumblr and I was, you know, I like I said, other than you, I don't have a lot of people I can theorize about ninety one with. But basically it's there's a lot of stuff about fire and ashes there's a lot of stuff about burning there's a lot of stuff about running away from this there's a lot of stuff about the city the city is full of zombies i'm running away from the city i'm running away from myself there's this whole question of who's the villain and there's also this question of there's also this this and part of zulum is i'm going to be the villain i'm going to be the one that burns everything down I'm going to I'm going to be ruthless. That's how things get done. Whereas in Otega, the, the question was kind of about helplessness. So I think this album is about Bloody January. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. And for people that 
may not follow the news out of Kazakhstan. Um, there, yeah, it was. I can link to some articles. Um, there's a a British uh, journalist. Uh, what's her name? Um, in Kazakhstan that that has written Joanna Lillis. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's written a book on Kazakhstan. She she writes for the Economist and Eurasia Net. She's good. The Diplomat also did a series on uh, bloody. Do you want to recap it or sh- or shall I? Um, I mean, yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. So the first full week of January 2022, uh, some protests broke out in, oh, I want to say, what is the name of that town? Zanaozen? I think it's Zanaozen. I mean, it, it, it all stems from like this, um, oh, just like the, like the politics in Kazakhstan are just not... Uh, they're complicated. They're um, complicated. You end up with these like pockets of um, just like average people. They start protesting, and I think what was was this one about gas prices? I think, like yeah, oil prices. So, yeah. Yeah. What happened is Kazakh. Uh, the, to make a long story short, yes, the gas yeah. that you use to fill up your car, it had been uh subsidized Sub- the yeah, prices by, like, kept artificially low and they were they were trying to move to taking those price controls off and yes. protests broke out because and people, then the protests, i mean maybe this is this goes without saying but like your average uh like your average person in Kazakhstan does not make a lot of money so right. if you're taking this and and they do produce a lot of like you know, uh, fossil fuel related, mm-hmm. uh, goods. Yeah. And so, yeah. So if you're, you're taking this artificially low price, price to the Kazakh market, uh, Kazakhstani market, and then, um, wanting to raise that to a global market. Oh yeah. It's, that's a huge hit to the average person's wallet, like huge. Yeah. So protests broke out in Zanaozen, which has been the site of important protests and fatally suppressed protests in the past spread to other cities um, became more of a general anti-Nazarbayev protest in places. Um, Nazarbayev being the president who had in theory retired (laughs) in 2019, Uh, but nobody actually believed he was no longer in charge. Well, it's kind of like when Bob Iger, uh, quote unquote, you know, stepped down from CEO, but kept his same office. He kept the CEO office, even though he wasn't CEO anymore. Just, yeah. The protest spread. And then there are theories um, that this was taken as a way to get to spread like violence and um like foreign actors like allegedly were shipped in from russia and i mean th- there are all these theories floating yeah. around about it but i mean tldr I-, I can link some articles um but yeah tldr uh it got very bloody so it didn't necessarily get very bloody ev- everywhere but in almaty it yeah. got really really ugly it basically turned into a lot of rioting and destruction and there are i have seen multiple accounts of people saying we were just showing up for a peaceful protest you know which doesn't you don't normally get the room to do that in kazakhstan and then suddenly people are coming in and bashing in cars and destroying atm machines and there was there's a uh, there's a term tetushke and i'm probably not pronouncing it right but it the i the idea is and i don't know how proven this is but the idea is that they're essentially thugs in some kind of 
Russian slash organized crime pay that are sent in to make nonviolent protests violent to give cover for state suppression. And what ended up happening was, yeah, the president of Kazakhstan, not to not Nazarbayev, his him, his appointed successor, um, ended up calling on the CSTO, which is a sort of like a post-Soviet na- equivalent of NATO, but they didn't really do much. Like this was the first time like a member of CSTO had said to other CSTO nations, hey, I need your troops. And so there were actual Russian troops in Almaty in January. Now they left fairly quickly. Everything kind of died down. The other thing was the internet was cut for the entire country, which is a more than just like an information deal, a lot of Kazakhstan's economy, especially in the cities right now, is cashless. Cashless. You like you use your Caspi app or whatever to pay. So people were having trouble like getting food while this was going on, over and above the fact that shops were getting looted. So Almaty, Almaty, I think there was some of it. Some of the violence was in Astana. It was Nur Sultan at the time, but I think Almaty got the brunt of it. And you can see clips from that time where it's just like buildings on fire. It looks awful. It's, and it's pretty grim. Yeah. And this is what the guy, this is what everybody in Kazakhstan or everybody in Almaty was in the middle of for a week. And then. Well, maybe we should say too that, you know, 91, Al- Almaty is the cultural capital of. Um, of Kazakhstan, they're they're New York City, and that is where ninety one are based. So yeah. they would have seen all of this. There was an interview they did about four months later when they were doing their first round of promo for "Hey, we're independent now," where somebody asked them about the protests about the about Bloody January, and um, Ace says, "Well, uh, Alem and I were going to go to the rally. There was supposed to be a peaceful rally organized by a." And Aldick of Irina Karatovna, who's a friend of theirs, I think he was helping organize it. We were going to go to the rally. I think that was the rally they were talking about. But when we heard the explosions outside our window, we changed our mind. And I heard later that uh, Alem and Veronica, they, one of the explosions was close enough that they had to basically flee their apartment. So yeah, they basically got to live in a war zone for a week. And then everything went back to normal, more or less. It's, it's, it's very bizarre. It's a, it's just a, a, cause it's partly because the internet was down this whole time. It was very hard to know what started, what happened, who was in charge? Why did it stop? Um, there's a lot of of speculation. Yeah. That kind of violence too, um, is traumatizing. Um, even if it feels like the world just goes back to normal. I mean, I think that, um, I think that it doesn't for for people, you know, I think mm-hmm. that that kind of thing does leave a, a, an impact. And then, you know, imagine trying to start a company and like, like an art, like an arts company. Right. And, you know, an people, entertainment. An entertainment yeah. company and like people can't pay for food. I mean, so it's, it, yeah, like there are, there are definitely issues above and beyond just the teeny bopper, changing from a teeny bopper image that 90, 91 are having to deal with. Um, and this this certainly was part of it. Yeah. And, uh, and what I don't know, not being there and not, you know, not having enough, con- not being able to read the language. I don't know how much it's talked about now. I don't know how much room there is to kind of have a trauma 
album, as it were. When I say it's, it, they're talking about Bloody January, I am. I should make it clear, I'm speculating. I have not seen a lot. I've not seen a lot about what they're talking about. I haven't seen a lot of their commentary, I should say. Well, even if even if that isn't their stated theme of the album, I think it's still good context uh, listening, you know, because this, this did happen. And even if it's not the stated theme, I think it's, you know, if you're going to listen to 91, you should know what's happening in Kazakhstan. <laughs> well, yeah, no, definitely. But what what I'm trying to think is, like, how does that relate to the reception of the album by the folks who were also there? And if I'm right, and this theme is present in the original Kazakh, you know, is that something they would necessarily want to hear? Because you look at songs like uh, Puerto Rico, and I think there's another song from that TikTok Sounds of the Summer list. I want to say it's called Maya Devushka, which is my girl. They're not like deep songs. <laughs> I don't know what Sheena is about, I should say. Um, Irina Kairatovna is very often political and satirical. So that may be, I'm not sure. I do know the video is an Old Spice commercial. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a fair point. You know, um, yeah, they, but they it, may but not maybe be wanting that the to, dissonance yeah. between, like you mm-hmm. said, the, the, the people listening to Dunier and being like, are we supposed to clap now? Like the dissonance between their stage presence their pop approach and their themes may just be like it's impressive it's ambitious it's why i like the album so much but it may not be what a pop audience was looking for yeah no that that makes sense i mean it's something that appealed to me even without knowing the the lyric content uh smoke and and cinders and ashes imagery um yeah like it definitely appealed to me as an adult who who enjoys uh, pop music on a certain level. Um, but yeah, I, I think a teen pop audience or somebody just looking for a song of the summer, this, you know what, this may be the kind of album that really suffers um, from being in the streaming era and not from being in the era where you could buy a disc and just listen to it in your bedroom or, you know, in the car um, and, and, and just get the value out of it. It's, it's really, I don't think any of these songs were going to blow up on, on TikTok. And, Mm -hmm. and that is, that is the, the metric or these, these, um, streaming metrics. And it is an album for, for, for an era that, that is not the TikTok streaming era, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. And they have said, I, I, Getting getting back to what we were talking about at the beginning, oh, yeah. um, they have said that they are going to do concerts through the end of the year. Like I said, they're scheduled in Octal in December. I think they've got one or two other dates lined up so far. Um, and then they're going to take a hiatus. And what this is going to look like, they've been pretty vague about it, but they're like, it could be a year or two. It could be longer. 
you know, we may do solo projects, we may not, we, you know, even if we get back together, things won't necessarily look the same, but they're, and then I've been trying to figure out for like a month now, like, is this a soft way of saying we're breaking up? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) hear me out. What if all of these smoke and cinder and, and ashes imagery, we see 91 like this teeny bopper Q-pop image that they've they've outgrown it. Let's just be real. I think they've outgrown it. Mm-hmm. Cry, like burn up like cinders, and they are reborn as what they they have become, which is an adult contemporary vocal pop group. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I really don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess, so in that video um, of the them receiving their 100,000 subscriber button, they do say, you know, next is a million. And I, I mean, maybe they're just choking around like, haha, not really, never, because we're breaking up. But I mean, maybe they mean we're going to retool and, and rethink what we're doing. And... So, yeah, it, it's just not clear. I do know... One thing I was kind of keeping track of is like now, now they're a company. They have a staff <laughs> of sorts. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, guys, people are dependent. You've got one product, and you're saying you're going to pull it off the market, and people are dependent on you for your sal their salaries. And now, granted, part of the things I think it's hard to appreciate about 91 when you're looking on from the outside is that is like where they fit exactly in this larger rubric of. Almaty pop entertainment and art and cultural production because we're very used to drawing a line between like the art scene would be over here and the idol pop would be over here but but it's actually not that clear a delineation in Almaty and so they and I think that's why they did the Symbiom MV because it was a way to kind of support another artist and when they did their first album Karangi Zarek they commissioned comics they commissioned for it so their dancers and such and their costumer they're all part of this larger scene and they're all getting commissions from other groups but one of their dancers did post on Instagram recently after the Almaty concert she said well it looks like I'm not I've retired from doing concerts and I was like no no so, um, yeah. and that could just mean like what you said, like when they start doing concerts again, it's going, it's not going to be a big idle performance. It's going to be something more intimate and with less choreography. That's kind of the feel that, I mean, if I had to guess, that is, that would be my guess is that they've, like this, they've outgrown, you know, they're adults too, two are married, as you said, like it, there really isn't this, um, there isn't this context like for shiny or tvxq um mm-hmm. where you can be or even in bollywood right where you can be a, a guy in your 40s even 50s even uh singing and dancing um and so i can i can see i mean they did just start this company like this is their career like i don't know what they would do if they didn't do this so i i can definitely see one path being to to put a, a stop to to these you know the the dying the hair um and just sort of 
try to pivot to a more grown-up uh, image without, you know, without dancers, without, um, yeah, without dyed hair and, and see, see how that goes without the adorkable, but. Well, I think we're not losing the, the adorkable completely. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping can't, not. I mean, speaking purely as a fangirl now, <laughs> I, I want OT4 more than I want 91, if they're, that makes any sense. They're like, going to, they're going to be adorkable no matter what they do. That's just, they just are adorkable. Let's just be like, real. But yeah, they have, they have worked very hard on selling their bond as a foursome yeah and they they have worked very hard on selling it i'm and yeah but i think it is also real like i think they also do they are like really bonded at this point like they have been through the trenches together they i think they are genuinely fond of each other and it may be they get even fonder of each other once they're not all trying to put albums together all the time. In terms of what they would do, um, Zach's already done a mixtape and a solo album, and he's done features, and he's actually like teaching a course on rapping. He's actually like putting himself forward as a hip hop mentor. So I think he'd continue with that. I think LM would continue with his TV work. Bala might be going to the states. We don't know. We'll okay, see. Bala. Please learn English, then come on the podcast. You're my favorite member. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, Bala, I love you. I'm an old lady, so not in that way, but please come on the podcast. And then um, Ace has done acting in the past. I, he hasn't done it. He did two movies in like 2019. And then, and hasn't done any of that since. He's he's kind of the the CEO of like they've said it's like a board of directors and they all have equal shares. Um, but I think he's kind of the CEO. He's kind of the one who signs the forms and determines where the money is going to be spent. So I think that's been um, preoccupying him for a while. So he might he might go back to acting. He might not have the time. But. Yeah, so I mean, I can see, I can definitely see the value in taking a year or 18 months or two years or whatever to reassess, maybe figure out what it is that they want to be doing. Because honestly, like, in the Kazakh, Kazakhstan, like, um, context, they really can't be doing this forever. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's no, like you said, like, there's no, um, there's no example of it. And I mean, going back to HOT, HOT broke up, like, the, the, like the first um, K-pop group, like, they split because SM thought that there was no future in idol groups. I mean, hopefully, uh, 91 can, um, can pull off the, I'm, I'm guessing, see, this is just, this is just purely my guess, but I'm guessing they're going to try for the new kids on the block, rebrand NKOTB, but but the, but hopefully it'll work this time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know what to predict. I'm kind of hoping it'll be more like kind of they're less a group and more kind of like an artist collective <gasps> where they kind of there's a there's a TikTok house in Kazakhstan that's become very famous called YOLO House. And the guys have gone over there and formed and filmed TikToks a couple times. And the whole idea that you have a bunch of affiliated people who aren't necessarily doing stuff together all the time but are kind of under this one umbrella i could kind of i could see that happening and that would kind of that would justify the continued existence of the company which if they're not producing as 91 yeah 
That's oh, got to happen somehow. I'm like, I would be sad if they didn't produce any more music as 91. Yeah. Because, I, and, oh. I, and I'm I'm 100% serious that, like, basically, like, that last uh, EP, from, like, that last EP, the one that had um, Nice Weather and mm -hmm. um, that EP, all of those. Which is just called 91, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, from 91, and then, like, all of those pre-release, or those, like, uh, interstitial, like, singles, like, um drep and bope um and then this recent album that is all one big uh playlist on my ipod because i i'm old i still have an ipod and then it just has music on it and um yeah like that i've been looping that like that they're all really great songs and so i would be very sad if we did not hear more uh 91 in the future but i also understand the realities that it's it is uh difficult and like i would understand if we didn't get more but i would hope that we get more because hey guess what there's gonna be a new in sync song and who thought in a million billion years we would ever have a new in sync song so the, i didn't follow in sync so this is the first i've heard of it like yeah there's how gonna be are a they new organized? ot5 a new ot5 in sync song it crazy like on like I guess they're paying for it. Like no, it's gonna it's gonna be part of the trolls too, or trolls whatever soundtrack. Oh, okay, 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 okay. that makes more sense. <laughs> well, I mean, like my my favorite K-pop group is was and always will be Infinite, and Infinite came back this year. Hey, H.O.T. came back, so yeah, no. never say never. Is what yeah, I'm now with Infinite it was very different. It is very like they did release a, a new out a new EP. But the whole feeling of it has been very different. They are clearly playing to us who know all the in-jokes from 10 years ago. Like, it is it, – it, they're not so much trying to gain new fans as, like, collecting inspirates and being like, yep, we're back. Uh, and it's working. But, uh, yeah, it's like – but they were gone – I think it was five years. Yeah, it was five years between – um the the last album and this year's ep because they were all doing military service and they were all leaving Willem entertainment and then they got a new they got their own company and got back together and if you had told me back in 2017 that both my faves would be releasing albums in 2023 self-managed i would be like oh my god what a beautiful future <laughs> Well, and I'll say this too. So um, I have a, a little episode series on the Tigers who were um, an idol group from the 1960s. Yes. And uh, they split up in uh, 1971, I think. Or, yeah, 1971. Uh, they didn't talk to each other <laughs> like for um, more than 40 years. And then they reunited um, oh, wow. as, as old guys. Yeah, for like this anniversary tour like all the original members um but yeah it was like over 40 years like, like they just did not talk like one of them um like quit and became like a, a teacher um yeah so never say never you're gonna give simon and garfunkel fans hope <laughs> anything is possible <laughs> so maybe we should end on that uh that note this is going to be a blockbuster episode um so what do you want to to go out on what do i want oh boy 
Should I play just no. Puerto Rico <laughs> song no. of the summer? <laughs> no, and 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 not Zulum either, because I mean it is the way they end, but it's. <sighs> oh, Actually, maybe now is the time to play Senorita because it is like, oh, yeah, my dad. This is my dad's favorite ninety-one song. Everybody. <laughs> It has had better legs than I would have thought. Hola, like, señorita. like when I when I I think at the time it it had to do like eight things at once for them. Like there's the Kazakh Spanish punning, uh-huh. and it's their first out EP since the coronavirus hit. It's their first single since the coronavirus hit because it was September 2020 that it came out, and it's their first as four. Like, Az left in August. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. And Senorita came out like about a month later. And it has so. a very ambitious video attached to it, which you should okay, so definitely watch. Quick story behind the video. So I've mentioned Irina Kairatovna a couple times. By the way, they and 91 are going to be doing a concert together in October. It's like a f- sound face-off thing they've got going. Um, it's sponsored by Red Bull. Like, thank God somebody's giving them money. <laughs> and uh, the the promo for it on Instagram was really cute. They all feel, cut a promo together. Uh, but they so, and also these guys are all friends. Like members of ninety one showed up at the wedding of one of the IK guys. So, uh, but at the time in twenty twenty, IK had IK is like a comedy collective that turned into a rap trio. It's a long story. We could do a whole episode just on them. And their director, one of the members of their collector, their their uh, their collective was a direct was a director named. He goes by the name Kuka, Kuznish. I'm gonna Basikov, I think is his last name. Uh, and he has since left, but he directed their their videos. Like if you watch the video for Five Thousand, which is IK's biggest hit, he directed that. And then he directed Senorita, the Senorita video. So I have a permanent complaint with him that, like, Bala is the only member well lit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they all look great, but Bala is the only one you can actually see. Uh, And it's just, like, this very very elaborate story of time travel, and there's a shaman, and there's other yeah. stuff like zombie on. vampires and, and, and yeah and there's tra- and it's like there's two alternate endings and both of them are bad and, <laughs> and so like it's just senorita when it came out it just had all this weight on it like it was just and and now i think now that we're kind of they kind of survived the pandemic it's like okay we can just enjoy senorita as a bop and it doesn't have to yeah it doesn't have to be like it doesn't have to accomplish 18 things at once yeah yeah, unfortunately, I think uh, this cannot be Song of the Summer 2023 since it's um, September now, but it will always be uh, Song of the Summer in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I will stop the recording. Mi casa, su casa, compas ta pasa, luzen ta pasa, tek tura basa, jacaraspan, kiri jok nasa, aralasan, dos tres casa, mama suite, mama suite, mama suite, perbi let me, tazat sa get pre, wasat te pikten, takrapta shepta, jere verde, mm, bolmita tintaro, partimum petronata, shamsen pentecorque, se torma tai, bolter la escape, tamar
дауысқа толық кесем нарға Төгіліп барсын күшің оңа ендігі де сол Кеудендегі де сақсан екесе Нарға сақсан екесе Төлі керемес сақсан береді әсер Сезде бас қосар достар болса бірге басы болар Sen de tapasam.